guys. There was a gentleman called George Muller. He was a 19th century philanthropist and pastor. He was born in 1805, and he, he died uh, after a, a long life, quite uh, towards the end of the 19th century. And um, he was born in Germany, lived in the UK, and uh, perhaps the, the greatest thing that can be said about his life is that he knew how to ask God for help. That may not seem like a very impressive thing, but it's amazing what can be achieved through a life of someone who refuses to stop asking God for help. In his lifetime, he cared through the work that he did. He cared for more than 10,000 orphans. He founded 117 schools, and he educated 120,000 children. The finance involved in making all of that happen in today's money is, would be 90 million pounds. And yet, he never publicly asked for money. In fact, he never privately asked for money either. He relied on all the finance coming purely by praying that God would provide everything that was needed. He took that prayer that Suzanne read for us about daily bread so literally and sometimes had to take it so literally because he didn't have a financial strategy. He just prayed that God would provide everything that was needed for this absolutely vast work of caring for thousands of orphans and educating over 100,000 children. On one occasion, he was standing in one of his orphanages in front of 300 orphans, and he led them in a prayer to give thanks to God for the food they were about to receive. And yet he knew there was nothing in the kitchen. And as he finished the prayer, there was a loud knock on the door, and the local baker came carrying huge trays of bread and said he'd been up since two o'clock that morning baking bread for them. Just after that, another knock on the door came, and the local milkman said that his milk lorry had broken down outside the orphanage, and he had to get rid of all the milk that was on his lorry. And I imagine for those children, as the from that moment on, when it came to that line in the Lord's Prayer, give us today our daily bread, they would have remembered that moment in that morning whenever there was nothing in the kitchen and they ate fresh baked bread washed down with creamy milk. George Muller knew the power of asking God for help. He knew the power of what you would call petitionary prayer petitions, asking God for help. And that's really at its heart what prayer is about. That's what the, the, the word means. It means to entreat, to ask earnestly. Prayer at its heart is all about asking. Yes, as we'll see, it's about worship, it's about listening, it's about meditation, it's about all sorts of wonderful aspects of having a relationship with God. But at its heart, prayer is about asking. And all sorts of things flow from that asking. 
had a really encouraging conversation at the coffee break there, someone who is just exploring this asking and asking God for help and discovering that the more that he asks, that in the midst of the asking, God then speaks to him and instructs him as to what to do to bring blessing to other people. Asking is the heart of Christian prayer. We ask the Father through Jesus Christ and by the power of the Holy Spirit. So we rely on the Holy Spirit to bring the inspiration, the Spirit of Jesus Christ to inspire us to pray as He's taught us to pray, our Father in heaven. As we saw last week, we pray through Jesus Christ because we can only come into the presence of God by Jesus, otherwise we're history. It would only be condemnation for us, but instead we receive mercy when we come to the Father clothed in Christ. We come to the one who is holy, clothed in the one who is holy, as those who have been unholy. At the heart of Christian life is prayer, and at the heart of prayer is asking. Jesus taught his disciples again and again to live as he lived, to keep on asking. And so he said in John 14, 14, he said, um, what did he say? He said, um, it's going to come to me any second now. It's where you pray and say, Lord, like me, I'm, I'm praying. Lord, give me the verse. Ask for anything in my name, and it will be given you. It will be done for you. What a verse. Ask for anything in my name, and it will be done for you. James James 4, 2, James, what the apostle says very starkly, you do not have because you do not ask. What is it that you feel need of? What is it that you need to hear that word from the Lord Well, you do not have because you do not ask? Is there something that you have as a, a deep need that you haven't expressed to God. I think so often for us, we don't so much have prayer lists as wish lists and worry lists. A wish list is when we just, we just think, yes, I'd like this and this and this, and we want a slot machine God where we can put in the coin, pull the handle, and out comes the answer. But prayer isn't about wish lists, but nor is it about worry lists. Sometimes I imagine, I know this sometimes happens to me, where I actually find myself mulling over something, thinking I'm praying, and then eventually I realize, no, I'm not praying, I'm worrying. The difference between a worry list and prayer is what Jesus taught us to start our prayer with, which is our Father who art in heaven, our Father who cares deeply for us. We're coming to you as children, and we're coming to ask. And the Lord's Prayer teaches us to ask for all sorts of things. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May your name be glorified. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us for our sins. Bring us into safety, lead us out of temptation, and deliver us, protect us, deliver us from evil. Yes, we start with worship, we end with worship and honoring God, but in the middle, it's just a whole litany of asking God for things. 
And that prayer, give us today our daily bread, is not just about bread. For many people in this world, it is literally about bread. It is literally about fresh water. But for many of us, it's not just about that. It's about having the air to breathe. It's also about relationships. It's about knowing that we're loved. It's about having uh, fruitful work to engage in, uh, people to have relationships with friends and family and it's about all sorts of things are encompassed within that asking God for our daily bread. And so Jesus teaches us to ask and to ask as children asking our Heavenly Father. Years ago, we were in holiday as a family, and um, I was in the west coast of France, and there was a, a carousel along the promenade. And uh, I'll never forget, there were two little French girls who were daughters, their mom and dad were there. And I don't speak much French, but I can understand what they were saying. But what really struck me was not so much was the, was the repetitive nature of it and also the tone in which it was said. S'il vous plaît, papa! S'il vous plaît, papa! They were desperate to get on this carousel. And they just kept asking every 10 seconds, s'il vous plaît, papa. And I thought, fatherhood is universal. Children know how to ask. So when God says to us through Jesus, be childlike, part of what he's saying to us is trust your heavenly father and ask and keep on asking. Because parents, they don't mind their children, expect their children to ask. Our Father expects us to ask. He hopes that we'll ask because He's a generous God and He loves to pour out His good gifts. But He wants us to ask. It's part of the whole relational thing for parents and children and the same for us and our heavenly parent that we ask our heavenly Father for all sorts of things. And so prayer, this prayer of asking is fundamentally relational. It's about children asking Father for provision. There are so many things in our lives, day by day we come up against, that we know that we ourselves can do nothing about, that we cannot provide, we cannot fix, we cannot sort, we cannot control. It's no accident. God has placed us into a world where we have very little control over anything at all. We are here to be dependent. And yet God, His intention is not to be the great controller or the great dominator. And so we, we people will say, well, why didn't God do something in that situation? It's because God is not the great controller. God is the great delegator. He said to us, be fruitful and multiply. Rule over the earth. The birds in the sky, the fish in the sea, the animals. On the, I nearly said birds in the sea there. Birds birds, fish, animals. He has delegated authority over earth to us. Rule over it. Be good to it. Be fruitful and multiply. And so, amazingly for us, He is the great provider, the great delegator. He doesn't come to control. He comes to listen, he comes to serve, and he comes to empower. Is that not what a good leader does? Listens, serves, and empowers. 
That's the reality of our lives. That's why we have this gift of prayer, because there are so many challenges, in fact, virtually all the challenges of our lives, we can do nothing about. We need God. We need His inspiration, His guidance, His wisdom, His strength. And like George Muller, we need His provision. We need His miracles. We need Him to change situations. And so, we're called to ask. And we're called like those two French girls to keep on asking. Not because we're trying to wear God down. Just before the passage that we had read this morning, uh, Jesus said, your heavenly Father already knows what you're going to ask before you ask Him, so do not keep on babbling like pagans who think that their many words will make a difference. In other words, it's not about the volume of words and the repetition of words. It's not about trying to wear God down. But nevertheless, we're called to ask and to keep on asking, not out of a, Lord, we're trying to wear you down, but Lord, I just want to remind you again that this would be wonderful if you were to do this. If you were to provide, this would be wonderful. And just to leave it with them. It doesn't become a worry list. We just pray and hand it over to God. And in doing that, well, three things happen. One is it develops our relationship with God the Father. And the central prize of prayer is relationship. The more we enter into that place of asking, the more we discover how much God loves us and how much we need Him. And we discover that the great prize of prayer is not the stuff. The great prize of prayer is God the Father Himself. It's also vulnerable when we come to God because we, we're humble and we come to God and say, God, I can do nothing about this. Lord, Father, I need your help in this. I need your provision in this. And we come with open hearts and we come with open hands and God then puts it into our hands much more than we anticipated or imagined. But that will only happen if we're there with open hearts and open hands. If we think that somehow God will read our minds and we don't have to ask, then we miss the whole point of Christian faith. We come to ask for forgiveness, ask for provision, for protection, for guidance, for wisdom, for love. Yes, even for the car parking space. Why? Because nothing is too small to pray about. Corrie ten Boom said that, I'll probably need to read this one. She said that, Any concern too small to be turned into a prayer is too small to be made into a burden. In other words, if you're tempted to worry about something, then pray about it. If something is so small that it's not even worth thinking about, then you may not want to pray about it. But as soon as you're tempted to worry about it, then pray about it immediately. Nothing is too small and nothing is too big. That's why we should pray about absolutely everything and keep on praying. It's also prayer of this type is intentional because God, the great delegator, has asked us to ask Him for what we need. He's given us free will. We are co-creators with God. The future is not predetermined and that we are robots, that we have no say in what happens. He's given us free will, amazingly, to do good and to do evil. 
And so in prayer, we help in the co-creation of all things. We help determine the future. We get the privilege of shaping the future because we're given the resources of heaven. And God, amazingly, through our personality and through our asking and through our faith, actually shapes the future by our own free will thinking processes. We get to shape history through prayer and through serving other people. And we pray in Jesus' name. It's not a magical formula where we think, well, if I tack on in Jesus' name at the end, it's going to give this prayer more oomph. What in Jesus' name means is that we pray according to the character and according to the mission and purpose of Jesus Christ. And so the more we pray, the more we ask, the more the relationship develops and the more we are transformed into the likeness of Jesus. So the more we ask, the more like Jesus we say, Lord, feed these 5,000 people, Lord, heal this leper. The more like Jesus where we ask for everything that is necessary, the more we become like Jesus. So prayer develops the relationship with the Father. Prayer also transforms our inner being and our souls, and prayer also changes circumstances. Like in 2012, when the select vestry of this church gathered in the room over there, knowing the fact that this building was going to need some sort of big overhaul, knowing that we had no money in the bank. And one of the team members, Val, said, why don't we kneel down together and hold hands and say, Lord, do whatever it takes. And about six weeks later, the whole place went up in smoke. So we pray, Lord, your will be done. And his answers will be sometimes very different than what we expect. They will be on a different scale than we anticipate. And often they will be over a length of time that we didn't foresee. You see, in George Muller's life, yes, there were many moments like that moment in the orphanage where there was instantaneous answer to prayer in an abundant way. But many of the blessings that people experienced through George Muller's life came over, over many years and many decades. George Muller was not just full of faith, he was full of faithfulness. And he had many, many hardships and many discouragements in his life. And yet he never stopped asking. So we keep asking, we ask, we keep on asking, we, we pray in Jesus' name. And finally, because it's polite, we say thank you when the answers come. I remember over 10 years ago, there was a, an African bishop who came to stay with us as a church family for a number of days and also to speak at our morning services. And there are two, two things I remember particularly about his visit. One was that we gathered the children together and we'd, we had them prepared and we, we looked at our Church of Iron hymn book and there was a song in Swahili, you know, based on we're walking in the light of Christ. So you have a cook a yen quen kos. And we had our young children sing this big song in Swahili, we're walking in the light of Christ. And afterwards we're having a cup of tea and, 
And I was expecting, and he said, that was a lovely song. There's only one thing he says, I don't speak Swahili. <laughs> and the second thing I remember was that every time we sat down for a meal or we sat down for a cup of tea with a ginger biscuit or whatever it happened to be, this bishop would call us to prayer. Every cup of tea he drank, every biscuit he ate, he stopped and he prayed. And he was a man full of gratitude. He was a man full of faith. He was a man full of generosity. And I think that's because he thanked God for absolutely everything. And God loves generous-hearted people. And God loves to give things to generous-hearted people because God loves to bless other people through generous-hearted people. As we become more like Jesus, we discover the more we enter into that place of asking, the more we discover the truth of the Lord's Prayer that it's not about my Father, it's about our Father. And so we ask for not I, but we ask for us. As we become more like Jesus Christ, we ask more and more for us, the people who are out there in our schools or colleges or neighborhoods or extended family or nations of the world. That's what it means to become more like Jesus Christ. I think we'll stand and pray. So as usual, the prayer team will be over here after the service, and I just wonder for you, is there something which is on a worry list for you that you need to transfer onto your prayer list? And you're thinking, well, it's either too big or it's too small or it's not worth bothering God about or it's so big I don't know what He could do about it or would He even care to do something about it? And the answer is yes. But He doesn't say, let me read your mind. He says, ask and you will receive. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking the door and do not give up and do not be discouraged. Or perhaps this morning you want to say, Lord, thank you. I haven't thanked you for that. I want to say thank you for something that you've done or are doing that I've been hoping and praying for for many years and I've never stopped to say thank you. So in the midst of the prayer, in the midst of the worship, I just want to encourage you audibly in the midst of the song or silently to give thanks to God and to express your petition to God. Whatever it is, is it forgiveness? Is it a job? Is it a house? Is it for your children? Is it for your husband or wife or your grandchildren or your parents? Is it for health? Is it for wisdom? Is it for finance? Is it for addictions to be broken? Only you know. But know this, your heavenly Father wants to hear from you because He wants to bless you. And there are all sorts of wonderful things that will only happen in this world and in this life if you ask for them. I think we'll sing.